Hello and welcome to All The Way Podcasts, episode seven. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at leading. And the one thing I want you to get from this episode is if you want to be a good leader, you have to think of as a collective rather than just yourself. And I'm hoping that anybody that's listening to this who's either just been given a leadership position or building up to being a leader in the future, I want you to be able to think and take some good notes from this or just my insights as to my experiences of being a leader, some good things, some bad things and what to do and what not to do. Um, And sometimes you get given a leadership position, it just kind of falls on you and other times you have to work towards being that. But either way, I just want everybody to be able to take something from this to help them become a better leader in their field. Now, my experience of leading started with um, the Young Apprentice Ambassador Network when I became the chair of the network. Usually when people get almost promoted to a leadership position, it's because you've been good at the, the, almost the day job and the role of what you're trying to do. So, for example, anybody that gets to become a sales manager, usually it's because they've been good at sales and they get promoted to the management position because they've been good at the role itself. Whereas managing people and leading people is a completely different task. It's a completely different uh, role and you've got to have a completely different mindset to be able to do it. So I wanted to talk about my experiences at the chair, some good, some bad, and just hopefully help somebody who else who's been in a position of leadership so that they can do their job a little bit better as well. Not saying that I've got it all right, not saying that I've got it all perfect, but I just wanted to give a little bit of information so that some, it can help somebody else and give a little bit of advice that I wish I had when I was I was coming up. So being a Yan chair, for those who don't know what that really means, Um, I was chair of the East Midlands Young Apprentice Ambassador Network and all that basically meant was there was a collective of apprentices who were ready to go and speak and share their stories about their apprenticeship and their organisations that they work for in schools and businesses and part of my role as the chair was to organise where people would go, when they would happen, organise the events, the big ones, small ones, so a big one could be um, going to speak at the NEC where there'll be lots of like uh, careers fairs happening there or you'd go to like a local school where there'd be a classroom full of about you know 20 kids 20 30 kids and you do a short 5 10 minute presentation on your apprenticeship so varying degrees of uh, experiences varying degrees of presentations and I got asked Simeon can you kind of lead the East Midlands which covers Nottingham Derby uh, Leicester uh, Staffordshire and down towards uh, Northampton and that 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 area Northamptonshire and so it's quite a big area. In, in in total, our network, who I was chair of, had about 60, 70 uh, apprentices who were in that network who I was kind of almost looking after. And it was a, a real challenge in a, because I'd never really had much experience leading before. But because I knew how to put together a good presentation, they said, OK, you can be the chair of the whole network. And it didn't start off that way. It only started off with a handful of apprentices who were in the whole uh, network to begin with. 
But over time, it just built. And I'm not going to talk about the building process, but I'm going to talk about the leading once everybody was kind of in the network and it started to really grow. And one of the first things I really wanted to talk about was learning to follow. Being a leader, you have to learn how to be able to serve and follow. And one of the things that I really took from being a leader was learning how to watch how good leaders do their thing and how bad leaders also do their thing. I I tried to make sure that I was observing both because I needed to know both sides so that I wasn't doing what the bad leaders were doing and I was really adopting what the good leaders were doing, but in my style. Um, One of the ways that I would do that is I would always look to serve them So I reference it in the hospitality episode and getting feedback that I would ask the network, you know, how do you want this to be run and how do you want me to be the kind of chair and how do you want me to do things? And I would always ask for their advice and feedback on, you know, how they like things to be done. So, for example, you know, I'd put on a meeting and I'd make sure there was food there. There would always have to be food there. And I'd get feedback and I remember one of their meetings, I even said to the guys, like, I said to the whole group, do you even still want me to continue um, as the chair? And the majority said yes, which was, yeah, which was fantastic and it felt good. So I kind of, that was feedback for me knowing that I was doing okay at that time. Because at that moment I needed almost the reassurance to make sure that I was doing the right thing because it felt like we was on the right track and um, it felt like I was here to, to do a good job now as a leader I had to be very quick to understand what my role was and what my role wasn't I had to be very quick in understanding what the kind of vision for the team was as well and everything that I did and any decision that I made had to be for the benefit of the team so for example my role as being chair in my opinion, was to lay the foundation so that it could really grow. Because it was a brand new network. It was still very new. And I became the chair in 2017, I think it was. 2017. And there was like, you know, 30, maybe 40 apprentices in our network at that time. And I I had to go and find all of them because I didn't know them all personally. And I hadn't met some of them before. So it was really, really, really strange experience. But they started um, joining the network, and you know they would they would join amazing apprenticeships on the website and and join the portal. And because they were in my region, they would automatically join, uh, be under like my leadership. And I hadn't met some of them. Now my vision, as I said, was to make sure that I laid the foundation so that it could really grow because this thing I could see in the future it would take off and it would really be massive across the whole nation, never mind just the East Midlands. But my job was to make sure that the foundation was there. And what I meant by that was that every area of the East Midlands had strong representation and good representation. So in Derby, it needed to be well represented. Yes, I was there in in based in Derby, but it needed to have you know court apprentices who were ready and willing to go and do ev- events. The same with Nottingham, the same with Leicester, and the same same with Staffordshire, and the same with Northamptonshire. So it was quite quite a big task. And Lincolnshire, sorry, I forgot Lincolnshire. Shame on me, I forgot Lincolnshire. Um, and I'll go on to that in a minute. How I kind of got involved in the Lincolnshire part 
And the worst leaders just think about themselves. So what I was making sure that was happening was that it was a really strong core of apprentices in every area who, whenever there was a big event happening in that area, they would be the almost go-to person to almost coordinate that because I, at one point, was coordinating all events and it was really tough because I was, you know, remember, I'm, I'm working a day job at the same time. I'm working a day job at the same time. So I'm learning to manage how to do events myself, ask people to do events as well, and make sure that they're ready to do so. That was a, that was it, part of the role as well. And help train apprentices who have good stories but don't necessarily have the ability to be able to deliver it in an uh, engaging way. That was one of my roles as well. So there was lots going on. And also attend national events or national meetings with um, the employer network who I kind of fed information into. It was really, really, it was a lot, but I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. So that was kind of my first goal um, or the vision for the whole the whole network. And over time, we actually managed to, to, to do it for the most part, you know, every, and I started to see an abundance of real enthusiasm from the apprentices in, in the network. And one of the beautiful things I wanted to start off with is work with the ones who want to be worked with you will get varying degrees of the commitment of the people who you're leading. And remember, these guys are volunteers. I'm not I'm not expecting them to work full-time like I'm putting in the effort for the network. I'm not expecting them to match me at that level, but some would. That's what I found fascinating is that some of them were genuinely up for doing the task of going for it like I was. So that really struck me because I learned from a woman called Lucy West, who um, is a business owner and who I I used to be involved with and uh, uh, in a business partnership sense. And her best advice she ever gave me was work with the people who want to be worked with. And I always took that as, you know, anybody who's enthusiastic, who are showing up and who are wanting to do events. And they're the ones who I wanted to give the events to because they would have given the most enthusiastic presentation. They would have, you know, given their best and they would probably want to do more. So they were the ones who I wanted to work with. And over time, I had a real strong core of people like Emma Cook, um, Neelesh, Annie, uh, Amelia, Wayne, uh, Andy Tang, all, all these different people who were fantastic. In my, I know that you won't know these names, but these were fantastic individuals who started to become like the core group that, who I would go to for everything. Um, and they kind of really helped build the network to what it is today. So over time, it was starting to really, really become a, a big, bigger task because the network was growing all the time. There were new ambassadors being joining all the time, new events happening in different areas that I've never even been to before. And I feel like some of the best leaders are the ones who are happy to get involved in the work as well. So I'll give you an example of how that can work is because I'll go on to Lincoln. There was an event happening in Lincoln and I didn't know anybody who was in that area. And um, it was at 7 p.m. at night uh, uh, in the evening. So I went straight after work and I didn't realize how far Lincoln was from me. I thought it was just around the corner like Nottingham was, but it's about an hour and a half away. So I, I I went in my car straight from work to do this event. 
And while I was there, you know, there was two people in the background who actually later on went on to join the network based off, you know, what, what I shared and spoke about what we do and how we do it. And they seemed really engaged and interested and they actually joined off the back of that. That was two apprentices who came onto the network just because of the presentation that I give and, 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 and what uh, was shared. And they kind of bought into the vision as well, which was fantastic because it helped me to realize that, yes, the, for the vision part, I've got that correct. So having a strong, clear vision and what your role is in that is really, really important. And so Lincoln was kind of up and running and it started very, very small, very small, only a couple because it was a, it's quite a small area and there's not that many employers there, big ones. But it was really, really good to, to see that it was growing. And over time, I started to understand the different skill sets that was needed to complement the group. So one of the tips I would give is anybody who is a leader, don't try and get people with the same skill sets as you. The reason being is because if you want to have a good team, you need a, a range of skill sets. So I, I look at it like a football team. I don't need a whole team of goalkeepers. I don't need 11 goalkeepers. I, I need everyone to do their bit. If I'm a great goalkeeper, I don't need you to be a great goalkeeper too. I need you to either be a striker or a defender or a midfielder. So when I was when we were start we were really growing, I started to assess like where different skills were in in the, in the team, and you know some people were really enthusiastic to do the events, some people were really enthusiastic to look after the social media, and some people were really enthusiastic to do the smaller events where um, it was just the talking to the kids, and they were really really engaged with doing that. There was lots of different things going on. Um, and it was really a pleasure to work with them because, you know, people were engaged in different areas. So I, I let people do what they were most engaged with. And I felt like that was just, it was a good move to do that because it helped the, the group grow as well and them as individuals grow. Now, anybody who came to me and said, look, I want to do this and that, and we've got this idea and that idea, I would embrace it. And if we could, I would manage that and help people to uh, you know, go for it. And I would kind of always try and give people the green light if they had an idea. So um, over time, what started to happen was these skills of the whole network was fantastic. And I'll give you an example of one, what what complemented mine. So I, I was really passionate about the speaking and doing the big events and uh, even the small ones and, you know, running, helping to manage the day-to-day -day and feeding back into the network um, information what was going on and organizing meetings whereas when Annie came into the network she brought structure to the whole thing she helped me really to just um, yeah bring bring real structure like if we thought about this if we thought about that what's going on with this she would always be a good sounding board um, and when she came in she would always say you know just you like like speak to me if you need anything I'm always here and because I, in the back of my mind, I thought, you know, I don't know what everybody's level of engagement is. I would always be reluctant to give her stuff to do and delegate because um, I didn't know if she was, you know, all, all out for it. But then I tried it and I said, look, Annie, can you just look after this, that and the other for me? And she was like, yeah, sure. Let me go for it. And I just was a bit taken back because I didn't I didn't know at the time. 
Um, that's how committed she was. So I was like, wow, people are actually as committed as me to this, which is which is brilliant. And that's exactly what you need. You need people who are as committed as you. Work with the people who want to be worked with. So we'll go on to de- delegation next, actually. Just very short. Don't be afraid to do so. That was probably my biggest mistake, is when things were a bit overwhelming, there was lots going on, I would be afraid to delegate I'd be afraid to say, hey, can you just look after this for me? Look, there's this event coming up. It's in three weeks' time. It's in your area. Can you look after this for me? Um, Because they've required an apprentice to come and speak. And a lot of the time, if it was a short, even if it was short notice as well, like, oh, they need one in a couple of weeks' time, I used to think I'd overthink it for like two, three days of, oh, it's a bit short notice. Who can I ask? Shall I do it or not? And by the time that would happen, I would have to say yes to the event because um, they needed somebody and I would always promise that they would get somebody. But also, I would wait too long for it to ask somebody to do it. So it was just too short notice. So delegation is really, really important because it helps you to then concentrate on what you're there to do, which is, you know, look after the actual vision of what where you're trying to go as a leader. Now, the next thing that I really wanted to talk about was training up on and developing people to become leaders themselves, almost empower the next leaders who are coming up. So even though I started as chair 2016, 2017, from 2018, the beginning of 2018, I started looking at my potential successor doesn't necessarily mean I wanted to step down, but I was looking at who's the next person who's going to be, you know, to be able to take over. Because I knew that at some point I would be, quote unquote, too old to uh, be the chair of the Young Apprentice Ambassador Network. I'm still young now, but I was just conscious of that. And there were more people who were coming and I knew that it would help engagement as well if we did shake things up and have new ideas. Because remember, my role was to build the foundation and quicker than I thought, we were actually getting to that stage where the foundation was being built. So I started looking at who could potentially be the next, you know, chair of the whole network. And I started, you know, watching people and how they're behaving with the responsibility that I'd give them. That's probably the biggest thing that I would... Uh, advice to any young leader who's looking at you know building leaders in their team watch how they behave when you give them uh, little bits of responsibility so one of the lads um, who was in the network whose name was Neelesh and any event big or small or any responsibility big or small that I gave him he ran with it he absolutely ran with it and that was just a real clear indicator of okay this person's pretty good but it's not the the full picture. Can he actually do the job? It's all good doing the doing the enthusiasm bit. Can he actually do it? So um, the day that it clicked for me that he can do it is uh, when we got asked to speak at the House of Commons. They did like an apprenticeship event there, and it was quite a good, well promoted event. And um, one of the gimmicks was they wanted ten apprentices to speak in ten minutes. So we all got a minute each to come and tell a little bit about our story. And um, they asked me to do a minute and I said, I'll go and I want Neelesh to come and do one of the minutes as well. So they said yes. And um, 
so we both got to speak on the same bill, which is amazing feeling. Um, so I spoke just before him, and later on in in the queue, I he wasn't directly after me, but he was he was in the ten, and um, I was watching from the side of the stage like how he presented, and in that minute, he was very clear, concise, and kept to the point and stuck to the time, and uh, delivered it really well. So I was like, yes, he can he can actually speak, which is really good. And I've heard him speak at a few events as well, and I was really impressed. So, you know, he can speak, he can take responsibility and really go for it. This is the kind of person that I want to take on. Now, the last thing that I wanted to share with you with when it comes to building leaders is don't tell them that you're building them as a leader, if that makes sense. So don't say to them, look, I'm going to give you this responsibility in the hope that you do a good job and that you can be a potential leader in the future. I believe that that's wrong because then you can't see people's genuine motives. You can't see if they're genuinely doing it because they want to or because they're doing it for a title or you know promotion. So when I was looking at Nilesh from the very beginning, uh, as potentially succeeding me, I was looking at him from about a year before I even had the conversation with him. And he proved me right in a sense that before I was even, um, you know, giving him responsibility, he was doing well with the responsibility before I said to him, look, now, now's the time that we may start looking at uh, you becoming a leader. So he became, you know, almost like a, a vice chair, a co-vice chair with Annie. And yeah, it worked really well between the three of us. We ran the whole network and it was really, really powerful because we were, we were good as a, a group. And we always checked in with each other, good communication between each other. And yeah, it worked really, really well. So that's probably the last thing that I'm going to say when it comes to like delegation and developing leaders. Now, <laughs> the, the, the next bit I wanted to talk about is availability. I have a rule where I am not available to anyone before 9am. So I uh, have a rule, personal rule of no social media before 9am because most, you know, you get hold of people through social media. You can text and call them, but you can also drop them a message through Snapchat or Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, whatever. And I mentioned this on, a, um, on the preparation episode, being available for the next opportunity, but ready in this context, my availability wasn't always there to everyone. I believe that a good leader is available to everyone all the time. A good leader is. But the best leaders are not available to everyone all the time. You may have a select few who you're available to all the time. So, you know, two or three people who can get hold of you 24 hours a day, any day of the week. But for the most part, bearing in mind that this network is now, you know, 60, 70 uh, people and, you know, even friends and family, not everybody can get hold of me 24 hours a day all the time. Because what happens is you end up burning out because you're trying to help people, you want to serve them, but you end up burning out if you are serving them all the time because you never get fed. It's almost like you're running on empty, running on fumes. So the best leaders are not available all the time. Don't get me wrong, don't go missing, <laughs> don't go MIA, but make sure that you take time for you. 
Now, the next thing I wanted to talk about was um, protecting your team as well. So if, for example, they mess up or do something wrong, you never bash them publicly. Even if somebody else comes to you from outside your team and says, you know, I've spotted this and this is wrong or this person's done that wrong and they're criticizing them, never ever go along with it and say, yeah, you're right, they're a mess or they're a joke or I don't even like them anyway or whatever. You don't do that publicly. You, you know, you always defend them, actively defend them publicly. Now, when you, they may have been wrong. They genuinely may have been wrong. But you have to deal with that inside the team. You don't deal with that outside. You don't deal with it publicly. And the best example I can give you is um, David Beckham. When he came back from the 98 World Cup. And it's shown in... Um, in the class of 92 in David Beckham section when obviously he got abused and he was you know one of the most hated men in England at that point and he came back to Manchester United and Fergie in a press conference and then Peter Schmeichel is sat next to him and he's asked uh, oh are you going to let Beckham talk about the incident in England and Fergie said no he's a Manchester United player he's going to talk about Manchester United and he even said, David Beckham in the, in the Class of 92 film, that, no, Fergie put his arm around me and said, look, you know, your Manchester United will protect you. Uh, that that was really key. We will protect you. And he said, look, I, and he admired how Manchester United dealt with him in that sense. So you protect those who are in your team. You never really, you never bash them publicly, ever. So don't dampen their shine either. So your job is to build them up, build up the next leaders, as I've said. So once you once you once you get them, you know, don't crush them, <laughs> don't don't be harsh on them, don't dampen their shine, but help build them up, learn from what they've done, and just keep going. So that that's pretty much. I, I've kind of touched on it, and I could really get. I could probably do another two episodes on this, but I really enjoyed my time as a leader. Really enjoyed my time as a leader. And if anybody's listening to this and who are is a leader, you know, drop me, give us some feedback, um, drop me some notes in the comments or DM me, you know, if you've got any questions and I'll be available. Thank you.